0: listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. It's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Monday, the 15th of October, uh, 2023. Let's go straight to the Australian share market, which uh, fell today, the S&P ASX 200 down 0.4%, as investors keep a close eye on developments in the Middle East. For more, I spoke with Nick Schoenmaker from Drummond Capital. Nick, how's the market so far reacted to the conflict in the Middle East?
1: Yeah, uh, Ricardo, so look, so far, um, the the reaction in equity markets has been more concentrated to the Middle East or the Israeli market, which has fallen, obviously due to to worries about the the war, but um, key worldwide indices have been pretty resilient overall. So if we just think about last week, um, our local ASX was up about 1.4%, the US S&P 500 was up about um, half a percent. Japanese shares were a standout. They were up 4.3%. And in terms of markets that were down, European equities were down about um, 20 basis points and Chinese shares were down about uh, 0.7%. Now, the key thing to mention with that, Ricardo, is that it may have had more to do with bond yields falling, which were down about 20 basis points over the week. And we know rising bond yields has what has really um, rattled markets over recent months. Uh, and the fall in bond yields was... Initially driven by um, central banks or the key central banks being the US Federal Reserve and the ECB coming out with more dovish commentary, uh, words to the effect that uh, higher bond yields and higher real yields are doing the work for them. Uh, That would have suggested that the aggressive hiking cycle that we've seen has come to an end. And then on top of that, there would have been some sort of safe haven bid for US Treasuries. Again, lower bond yields or bad news tends to be good news for equities. Now, where we saw some really key moves was in the energy markets. So um, oil and gas markets have really been where the nervousness has been most evident, um, particularly due to fear that Israel uh, could at some point strike Iran, who's a major oil producer. And we know Iran is also a long-term backer of Hamas. And if you look at just the past week, uh, WTI crude oil shot up about 6%. Uh, that's the biggest weekly jump we've seen since April. And European gas prices surged about 40%, uh, which is the biggest weekly jump they've seen so far this year. Now, moving along to more traditional safe haven assets, gold being a case in point. Uh, So the safe haven gold uh, price did rally last week. It was, again, its biggest weekly rise in about seven months, so back from April. Uh, It was up about 6% over the week, um, 3% just on Friday alone. And, again, some of that would be safe haven bid, but also the lower bond yields um, have probably helped too, as they've shaved down the premium that bonds offer investors to compare to non-interest paying uh, gold bullion. Now, just moving along quickly again back to Israel, the shekel sold off last week, uh, and that's despite the Israeli Central Bank uh, having a program of about thirty billion US billion uh, selling effects reserves to try and stabilise the currency. And one other measure in, uh, that really does give you a line of sight to the stress in the Israeli markets is that there's been a huge spike in uh, uh, credit default swaps, which is the insurance that you pay to protect against an Israeli government bond default. They're up about 80 percent last week.
0: So we know that there may be some potential scenarios, different scenarios playing out, right? Um, What are the potential economic and market impacts of those?
1: Look, the main thing imminently is the oil price. So certainly what's happened is added to the geopolitical risk premium. It could put a floor on where the oil prices could settle from here. Um, I think, Ricardo, key for markets is really whether the conflict remains contained or spreads to other regions, most notably big players like Saudi uh, or Iran. Uh, if you think about Iran, they've been the second biggest incremental supplier of oil this year. Um, and the US is now, I think, safe to say, likely to tighten screws and sanctions on Iran. They could push up prices. If you want to put that into um, numbers, uh, Iran has actually produced uh, or increased their output this year by about 700,000 barrels per day. It's very significant. And some of that has been um, due to the US kind of allowing that because we've had just over recent weeks of prisoner exchange, um, an unfreezing of assets, which has now been reversed, and Qatar's holding that money. But that was really, I guess, an attempt by the US to kind of help um, warm those relations um, with Iran uh, so just if those barrels disappear um, under US pressure now, given what's happened over the last week or a little bit more, um, that in of itself could really boost the oil price by, say, uh, $5 a barrel. Now, another thing to watch is obviously, you know, any possible retaliation against Iran that could really inflame fears over the Strait of Homoz where uh, it's, a, it's a vital shipping lane. Um, Iran or Tehran has previously threatened to close that, uh, and 20% of the world's oil consumption flows through that area. So that's a key thing to watch, as is any readmission of hostilities between Saudi and Iran, which only recently we saw China broker diplomatic ties between them. So, you know, Iranian oil refineries, for example, um, we saw... The Saudi-backed Houthi-Yemens uh, attacked some of those back in 2019, and that sent the oil price rising uh, quite exponentially. So that's another key thing to watch. And just finally, you may have seen over recent weeks, uh, it looked like there was going to be the two biggest plays in the Middle East, which is Israel and Saudi coming together uh, in terms of Saudi recognising or the kingdom recognising Israel as a sovereign state and more diplomatic ties opening up there. As part of that, the Crown Prince in Saudi Arabia uh, did actually make some comments to Washington that if crude prices were too high next year, and we know Saudi and Russia have both been cutting production this year to ensure all prices um, have a floor or remain quite high, uh, that he would increase that production as part of a deal with the Congress in the US to get some protection or a defence pact from Washington. So, Given the turmoil in the Middle East now, I think it's pretty safe to say that that deal will be put on hold. So those extra barrels that may have been needed uh, next year are not looking likely now. So in terms of the scenarios that you asked about, there's a few things to consider. So I guess the best case scenario would be a limited war, uh, one where there is this uh, inevitable ground evasion of Gaza, uh, oil prices um, Even that reduced Iranian crude output uh, could rise, say, $10 from where they are. Uh, The next uh, scenario that we look at is more of a proxy war. And we're starting to see that unfold, Ricardo, where you have um, Gaza, the West Bank, which is the other Palestinian territory, um, have a bit of an uprising, if that's the right way to, to present it. And then Hezbollah in the south of Lebanon, which has been shelling back and forth with Israel over recent days, um, and Syria as well, which we know are closely aligned with both Hezbollah, um, uh, Hamas and Iran. So, you know, in that scenario, you could see all prices go, you know, $20 above where they are now. And the worst case scenario that we're all quite scared about is if there was inevitably a conflict with um, Iran and Israel, uh, which is something to watch
0: okay so the more immediately then today how's this all affecting the share market and is there anything else that's implicating
1: it yeah look the main thing you know it's certainly at a macro level which is what we watch ricardo in terms of the market today uh the losses that we've seen so far on the asx i think really is just tracking those losses on wall street that we saw on friday um as investors did kind of move into safe haven assets whether that's bond gold, really due to those escalating concerns about tension in the Middle East. Um, More broadly this week, I think the local market will take some direction from uh, some various statements coming from the RBA later this week. But so far today, just at a macro level, it's really about um, geopolitical risk.
0: That was Nick Schoenmaker there from Drummond Capital. Uh, One of the key stories of the day in the corporate world is that of Lion Resources. It has entered a trading halt on the share market after Albemarle walked away from a $6.6 billion takeover. For more, I spoke with Grady Wolfe from Bell Direct. Grady, let's start with Gina Reinhardt effectively blocking a $6.6 billion takeover of lithium miner Liontown Resources after her company built a near 20% stake, forcing the suitor to walk away from the deal. So what's the attraction here?
2: There is a lot of attraction to Liontown resources. The Kathleen Valley Lithium Project is on track for first production mid-CY24. Now, as we know, it's kind of been the talk of the town, talk of Australia, and talk of the world over the last few months as she's been acquiring more and more shares to block that offer. Now, it, there's a few different reasons at play here. Now, she has she wants the exposure to lithium, and we know lithium is the way forward for the green energy transition, and a lot of the big miners, Chris Ellison, Gina Reinhardt, all of the big players are wanting that lithium exposure she wants to keep it in australian hands so as we saw recently all chem and live end have created one of the biggest lithium producers in the world and there's a lot of focus on that but she wants to keep kathleen valley and lion town resources in australian hands and obviously benefit the australian economy through um, keeping it in australian hands and not having the sales through lots of different big companies obviously like albemarle and the massive deal that was the 6.6 billion dollar deal now we all know that Gina is a mining magnate, and this is a really, really positive thing for a lot of miners and a lot of people, especially the shareholders of Liontown Resources, because we are keeping it Australian, and we're so excited for the company to um, begin production mid-next year. Now, they do uh, we're expecting a bit of news out of Liontown. There is speculation that they're going to do a capital raise or a fundraise soon, so that's kind of the news that we're waiting on at the moment before we um, move forward, because they had a bit of a funding gap because they're bringing they're making sure that costs are higher to meet the deadline of production first production mid next year so they did understand and they have communicated that costs are higher and they're going to need to have that funding through so uh, we're expecting a bit of news on the funding or capital raise front very soon.
0: Grady Wolf, there from Bill Direct.